The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Before we get started with tonight's episode of Bench with Bubba, a couple things to talk to you about. First, if you're looking for a new place to place a wager, sports betting becomes more and more popular these days. Check out mybookie.ag. Fun place. They have all the sports, all the prop bets, all the money lines, spreads, you name it. They've got it. They got your baseball, um, you know, season win totals coming up, picks to win the World Series, all that good stuff. They got your PGA bets. They got your NBA, your college basketball. You can bet on the Oscars, whatever you want to bet on. They've got it. MyBookie.ag. Use promo code Bench and you get a fifty percent first time deposit bonus. So if you're new to MyBookie.ag, use promo code Bench, fifty percent deposit bonus. Deposit a hundred bucks, fifty bucks free. Deposit five hundred bucks, two hundred and fifty bucks free. It goes up to a thousand dollars. So mybookie.ag, promo code BENCH for a 50% deposit bonus. If you can go give us a rating and review on iTunes, I'd much, much appreciate it. really help the podcast continue to grow. I love having you guys listen. It really, really helps. A rating and review just takes a couple minutes. It would really, really help me out a lot. So if you can do that, that'd be much appreciated. With all that being said, this is Bench with Bubba, episode 142, Fantasy Baseball Short Stop Preview. back everybody to another episode of benched with bubba episode 142 gonna preview the shortstop position in fantasy baseball a lot deeper than people are used to to say the least in order to do so joined by a special guest you can find his work at the scorecrow.com the friends of fantasy benefits he's on twitter at bruce cagle jr the second bruce how we doing man wonderful man thank you for having me on how are you doing today Good, good. Just another Tuesday. It's a little wet out here in California for once, at least in my neck of the show. Uh, yeah, just another nice day, getting ready for the baseball season. And what I wanted to ask you, I said I'll save it for the podcast. It was a wonderful Tuesday because I was in meetings and I got a notification that the TGFBI um, leagues have been set. How do you feel about yours? 
Oh man, I'm pumped, dude. I am fully pumped. I'm I'm so excited to take on some of these guys. I got the Welsh. I got uh Jason Collette in mine. Um Lance uh Brodowski. How do is that how you say his last name? I've had him a few times. It's Brozdowski. It's like it's spelled. It's just, just very long. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I have him in the league. So there's some there's some tough competition. So I'm I'm super excited to be in it. It's my favorite in it. So, you know, there's what, like 300 teams this year. So I actually was on break and I started getting the Twitter notifications and I started geeking out. So I'm excited. How, how do you feel about your, your league? Uh, when the first notification I see is a text message from a podcast co-host I have that says your league is ridiculously stacked. I'm like, Oh great. Let me see what this looks like. So I, I went and perused it, and it, it's it's what you expect. I told them the TGFBI, it's it's not for the faint of heart. It's obviously going to be a bunch of really good players, a bunch of – the whole point about it is to get notoriety for people that maybe don't have a name in the industry to, to play with guys that are, you know, the big wigs in the industry. And um, as I pull it up now, I have the likes of Jeff Erickson. You know, he's one of, like, basically the creator of Rotowire, so that's always fun. Um, Dalton Del Don, from, formerly of Roadwire, now with Yahoo Sports. So that'll be another fun one. Him and Chris Liss always do their stuff. As I find the rest of it, I know my buddy um, Colin Weatherwax from FWFB. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's in it. Really good dude. But, like, um, where is League 6? Why can't I find or I'm in League 2. Never mind. There we go. The Fantasy Fix, big-time guy. My buddy Brockness Monsters in it. My good buddy Doug Thorburn, who I'll see this Saturday for the Bar Fleet, and Greg, two Bar Fleet members in the same league. So i got to deal with them all the time. Um, and, and so many other guys. It's it's fun. It's going to be loaded, and that's what it's all about. The only probably more stacked league would be League One, the Winners League. But uh, yeah, there's reasons that it's that stacked. So oh, exactly. I, I I looked at some of the other leagues and uh, the names that are in TGFBI. It's amazing. So I'm just I'm glad to be a part of it. It's so awesome. Yeah, Mason strikes again and comes through in a big big way. So it's pretty awesome stuff here. Uh, usually at the beginning of the podcast, we go into kind of some recent transactions and of course as people know following baseball there hasn't been a whole hot a lot of anything lately right. so like zero since my last podcast so what i want to ask you because I, I got to start following you we started following each other i guess a couple months back three four mm-hmm. months ago whatever it was and so i'm getting to know you now i'm going to get to know you on my podcast uh what do you guys do at the score crow what do you do at the score crow and what's coming up at the score crow well, I'm the head of MLB at the Scorecrow, and that's fantasy right now, too. We just started, gosh, uh, May um, of 2018, and we cover all the sports, basically. Uh, just try to get good content out, good writers out there. It's just a bunch of people that want to contribute to to sports and try to get good knowledge out there. Uh, what we're doing for baseball right now is going to be pretty big. We got team previews uh, set to roll out uh, coming after, what is it, the, uh Valentine's Day is coming up, so it's the day after Valentine's Day. We're going to start our team previews. We got prospect uh, minutes going right now, our prospect, our, our top five for each team. So you can go back and, and look at all of that. We had a Hall of Fame series since all the recent Hall of Fame guys come in. There was a bunch of guys in there that that jumped in and, and dabbled in the Hall of Fame stuff. I'm a little too young for some of the Hall of Fame things. I, I only started following baseball maybe you know seven years ago, so... I let the the older guys or people who really enjoy that aspect of the game follow that and and go into that. But we had a bunch of Hall of Fame series. Uh, we got we got a podcast that we're trying to set up right now. We got a couple of guys that we're just trying to coordinate schedules, you know, things like that to get something ready to go and start getting something out for people because we have an idea that we think that we can help people win some fantasy leagues. We want to get some good content out there and. 
like you said, we like talking ball. So we really just want to do that over everything. Yep. That's what it's all about. Uh, I, I, I try to write more and I'm not the best writer, but you know, you learn as you go, but uh, it's just about getting the, the content out there, the knowledge out there, whatever you can do it. And that's the, the fun. You got a bunch of good guys there. Matt Bishop, he writes football over at my site. He's a really good dude. Um, he's he's so, amazing. I love his work. Yeah, I I just really love what he does. He always sits back and compliments me, but I feel like he's already on a different level. He's awesome. If anybody needs to follow, they need to follow him. He has some very yeah. good quality stuff. Yeah, really good stuff there. So yeah, go check out the scorecrow.com. A lot of good stuff there. He's over at Fantasy uh, Friends of Fantasy Benefits with a million other writers now as well. So lots of good stuff going there. But let's get into it. Let's preview the shortstop. It is rather deep compared to normal, maybe not the star-studded appeal as, say, you know, a third base or the outfield or something. But overall, still some studs. And I'm using the NFBC right now. I'm using the Draft Champions Leagues, and I'm using from January 1st on. If you guys want to follow along, if you're listening, so be it. But um, we kick it off with the top guy. And this is kind of the consensus out there. Francisco Lindor, top shortstop off the board, going a little around, around – I've seen him go anywhere between three and four for the most part, but they haven't gone three to seven. When you look at Francisco Lindor, do you believe that he's going to continually put out this power and speed? Do you continue to believe he's a top five fantasy draft pick? 100%. I mean, the power, it's going to be there. If you take a look, uh, like his teammate, Jose Ramirez, they both started pulling the ball a ton more. Um, in recent years, and I, I really believe that's because E5 showed up to town, and they really became really good power hitters there. He's young. He crushes the ball. He plays uh, 158, 159, 158 games. That's Jesus Christ. That's over 700 play appearances the last two years. Another reason he can put out the 30 home runs is just volume when you look at it that way. If he's on the field all the time and he hits the ball as hard as he's hitting it and he's doing what – I mean – the plate discipline's amazing still. 9% walk rate with a 14% K rate. He He's putting his bat on the ball. He He's going to continue doing what he's doing. The power speed's real. I love it. I mean, he's had, you know, ever since, what, 2015, 12, 19, 15, 25 stolen bases. So, I mean, they let him attempt 35 times last year, too. So, they're going to let him run wild. I, he's, what, uh, top of the, one of the, better offenses out there yeah he's gonna put up another 100 plus runs you know i mean 129 last year geez uh yeah no that's he's easily gonna produce that constantly i feel like i i like it and i'm not scared of him at all 277 i mean take a look at his bad if it was like 279 yeah. so you got to think that there's might even a little bit more back there too but when you pull the ball it might remain at a 275 277 I don't care. 30 home runs, 20 steals, 100 plus runs, 85 plus RBI. That's perfect. Plus an upside of a 290 average, 300 just because of how good of a hitter he is and he's still so young. Give him to me all day long. Yeah, yeah you, you nailed it there with the the average is the, the key part that makes it interesting because, you know, once he started hitting 30 plus homers, his average dropped from 313, 301, then to 273, 277. Mm-hmm. And it coincided with the Babbitt drop, which you mentioned the pull percentages. I'd, I'd have to pull up StatCast. And look at the, um, the – that's one of the metrics I've really enjoyed. I looked at with some guys is they show the increase in pool through the years and their WOBAs and everything through the pool percentage. I'd imagine, like you said, it has something to do with it because his fly ball rate's fine, his ground ball rate's okay, his line drive's good. So you'd imagine there's a lot of that going on there. And if he just tweaks that a bit and gets towards 300, my goodness, what can happen? Yeah, 30 homers, you know, potentially 20 stolen bases and a very, very good lineup. There's a ton to like there. It does not strike out a ton. 
Um, yeah, you know, he went 25 for 35 on the bags last year. Like you said, man, if he just gets like five more, 30 stolen bases is tremendous. So really good stuff there. The question I have for you now is, do you prefer Lindor or his teammate Jose Ramirez? I'm a big Jose Ramirez fan myself. Um, I I love what he does. I think it's the same thing with him. I would go Jose Ramirez personally. Um, I think he has a little bit more in the, the batting average that he can gain back. Jose Ramirez hit almost 320 last year, and I don't think people remember how big of a drop-off that was. He has the same BAPIP issues as well. But, you know, he – Jose Ramirez hit the ball, you know, popped it up a little bit more, but I don't really care about that too much. He plays – I like the third base position he plays. If I had to, I'd go there because, I mean, shortstop, I was looking it over, dude, and, I mean, I could probably go – I mean, this for later, but I could probably go down to maybe the 13th, maybe the 12th, 13th guy and be okay with him shortstop, and then I could pick up a middle – middle infielder easily between one of these guys through like 25 it's so deep this year third base i'm not exactly sure about that so i would probably i I would lean jose ramirez myself but that's nothing against lindor at all yeah and that's kind of the the i guess argument i've been making as well as uh you know third base it's it's deeper maybe with star power Mm -hmm. because like even since i recorded the third base pod about a week ago now there's, I think, 12 third basemen going in the top 100 where it was like 10 before. And still, that's a crazy number. Like right. when, you think, when you think about the grand scheme of it, it's 13 shortstops going in the top 100 now. But after like that first group of third basemen, it kind of drops off. Where like you said, at shortstop, there is a bunch of guys I have no problem calling my starting shortstop. We're like third base. I want one of these big dogs if I can. So I, I agree with you there, definitely. That's right, Earl, too, yeah. All right, second shortstop off the board in NFBC right now. I'm going about pick 10. This is an interesting one because it seems like you're in this camp or you're not in this camp. And after last season, I'm a little more in this camp than I was last year. People were arguing taking him ahead of Jose Altuve last year. Not the case this year, but Trey Turner, um, there's a lot to love there with that speed. And, you know, that some people overblow the need for speed. Some of it's really good. When you get in a balanced approach like Trey Turner, I'll definitely listen to an argument. What's your thoughts on Trey Turner? Oh, I'm in the camp. Sign me up for Trey Turner all day long. So in my NFBC draft that I actually did, I I got the ninth pick overall. And I was actually pretty pumped about that because I felt like Trey Turner would be close there or I would land with a a really nice bat anyway. But Trey Turner went eight and I I got Acuna. So I was semi-disappointed, but I mean, that's kind of silly being disappointed grabbing Acuna. That's whatever. But I'm all about Trey Turner. The combo of power speed, he still hit 19 bombs, 40 plus rips. Yes, people want 60 or 70, but he bounced around in the, the order a little too much for me last year. If you get him this year where if he could stick around that that number one uh, leadoff spot, he's going to steal a lot of bases. Now, I have a problem if he's hitting, you know, two, you know, he's three, four, if they move him around like they did last year, you're going to see problems. But he, he went 1940 with a 277. He has RBIs there. He RBI. Um, he has runs. He gives you everything you need. And he's, I think he has a little bit more on the batting average side too. So he made gains when you take a look at what he did last year in some of the areas that I want to see. Line drive is still kind of kind of low for me, but his speed, I don't care if he has 49% ground ball. He has... He's super fast. 33% is good enough in the air. I'm all about that because if he goes, let's say he goes 1750 because they, they set him at the, the leadoff hole, 
where is he going to finish? He's going to be a top 10 overall finish for you with the average, with the, the floor of the average, with the runs plus RBI. I love the combo. The thing for me is the speed helps you later on. You don't got to go get one of those silly ass rabbits. Don't I don't like them because you hurt so many other categories. And if you're playing any good league, you have to compete in every category. So don't punt. Don't punt. Don't do it. Yep. No, no, that's no. definitely true. What do you feel on Turner? Yeah, and that, and that's the thing with Trey is he gives you all the categories. What what really got me last year to get me on board with him is the fact he did hit 19 home runs. Now, he played 162 games, so let's be real. But even if he hits 15 homers to go with those 40 stolen bases, I'm a fan. Uh, 100 mm-hmm. runs is always in the works for him. as always an option. The RBIs to me is gravy. I, in reality, a leadoff hitter, you're thinking 60 to 70. Gets you more than 70, you're in. Uh, the lineup, like I tell people with other nationals, is still very, very good. Uh, just, because, just because they left, they, they left. Har- they're losing Harper doesn't mean they're going to be a, a bad team at all. So I like him a lot. You got all those runs. You got some power with the stolen bases. Like you said, it gives you a little bit in all the categories. And unlike a lot of people, you know, pe- some people would point to a ground ball rate of forty nine percent and scare you. No, that, that works just fine with the guy that can run as fast as Trey Turner. So oh, yeah, um, not, not an issue at all. Um, I was looking at Miguel Sano earlier today, and he has a ground ball rate of about 40%, and that's a little terrifying. But um, but Trey Turner, uh, you, you can rock and roll with that all day. I got no problem with him towards the end of the first round. I know guys like Mason and others are, are big on the Turner bandwagon, and if you're going to take a shortstop early, um, I have no problem with that at all. I uh, actually was asked to put my thoughts in for the fantasy gospel because they put a little thing together of who we thought you know would do what in the fantasy predictions. I put Trey Turner as the the fantasy MVP because if he actually does twenty fifty, I don't know who's. I mean, Trout's going to really have to do something to even beat him there because Trout has a few holes in some of his fantasy numbers over the last couple of years to be the number one guy you know to finish. So I put Trey Turner because I think he has that upside too. Well, and that's the weird thing with Trout. It's I think it was Vlad Sedler was tweeting out how Mike Trout hasn't even been like a top five hitter in fantasy more than like once in his career or something. And so it shows you how crazy that is. And some of that has to do with years where he doesn't do X, Y, or Z. And like you said with Turner, you give a 50 stolen base upside and you somehow put 20 out of the ballpark and like 280, that's going to be insane. So Fantasy uh, value, standard five by five. It's uh, That's why Mondesi's going so high is the same yeah. type of thing. Yeah, we'll get to Montesi in a minute. I got questions on him because yeah, I, I'm torn on that individual. But let's go to the next one. Alex Bregman coming off his elbow injury. They say he'll be ready by opening day. The dude's electric. He's entertaining as hell. Great Twitter presence. But when it comes to the ball field, you know, he basically – some say he peaked out last year and he could still do it again. But, like, we saw his ceiling. Do you believe there's more with Bregman? Are you cool with him here or are you kind of concerned? <clears throat> I'm actually cool with him here. I'm not. I'm not thoroughly concerned unless he starts missing spring training time. Realistically, that's that's my issue. If he's missing like a ton of time, that's not really what he's supposed to be doing. Then I'll be concerned. I went Acuna over, um, over Bregman just because I thought Acuna might be able to grab more stolen bases. Uh, in a year, if he gets hot, I felt like he could have a higher ceiling. I I think that Bregman can pretty much do everything that he did again. I mean, maybe not have a higher walk percentage than strikeout percentage, but I mean, last year one of the guys I targeted was Jose Ramirez because of his plate discipline was so elite and he hit the ball so well and he did so many things so well and 
13% walk percentage, 12% K percentage, 246 ISO. Uh, what is there to really be upset about? 700 plate appearances. You know, 100, 100, you don't get too many guys doing that in today's game anymore that can actually provide both 100 runs and 100 RBI. So that right there in the first round, sign me up for that one all day long. He has he has more speed upside than t- 10 stolen bases too. I don't think he'll need to run that much though just because what for? I mean, to a point with him, that's, that's kind of the downside there. But solid batting average two years in a row of 285 or right around there you know yeah sign me up I'm, I'm all about that you know all about him what about you yeah I do like Bregman quite a bit I think he's a one of the better pure hitters at the position uh at least more consistent kind of bats like the the trade turners you're hoping for that big output there's a guy after this that you're, you're hoping and he can still swing a balls outside the strike zone and make it work Alex Bregman's actually like a really really good hitter and right. that gets me excited when it comes to taking fantasy, especially early in my draft. Yes, you know, taking gambles is cool and all, and, it's, and it works out sometimes. But also, if one of your early picks fails, you're already going to be in a lot of trouble. With a guy like Alex Bregman, I feel like you can you can put him in your lineup. He's got position flexibility, which is very clutch, and it it, it helps out because, you know, the, the, the thing I'm thinking might happen, I could see a little bit of power regression, which might cut a little bit into the runs and RBIs, but they're still going to be very good. You look at all the projection sites – you know, around 26-plus home runs, 95-plus runs in RBIs. I can live with that, obviously. It's not a problem at all. So nope. it's a very good play. Like, it's just kind of wondering how hurt is that elbow is my biggest concern. What is is that the concern for maybe a power reduction with him? Is maybe his elbow? Or, or what has you thinking he might not hit those 30 bombs again? My thing is, is he took such a quick jump from 19 to 30, and he never really showed that much consistent power in the minors. That was the biggest biggest surprise to me doesn't mean it can't happen by any means like you look right. at his overall peripherals he, he um still had, you know almost 40 percent fly ball rate he pulled the ball 40 almost 43 percent of the time uh hard contact uh, was 35 percent mm-hmm. so there, there's a lot to like there obviously i'm not worried about that he made a nice shift from that 19 to 33 home run season it's one of those i kind of need to see it again thing because when you go from okay. 10.2 percent home run to fly ball to 14 percent home run to fly ball it, it makes me wonder a bit, but he is young and maybe he made an adjustment like Jose Ramirez did that one year and he kept doing it. Uh, it's the launch angle era, so it could have a lot to do with it. And maybe I'm just going to sit back and go, damn, I should have taken Alex Bregman. I do like when you take a look at some of uh, – we talk about trends. We like to follow some. I mean, his O swing percentage went – in 2016 it was 27%, 25.8%. Now it's at 20%. That's that's awesome. Twenty percent sweet. Like contact percentage has been going up overall. Swinging strike percentage is four point two percent last year. Those are really good numbers. That means high high batting average floor. I feel like with that, um, with a good walk tool. So if you're in an OBP league, he's going to be a monster there too. And that that's what one reason why I really like him is because well yeah the OBP is tremendous and like I think I said that recently is we don't focus on OBP leagues enough and and they need to be some more permanent these days but um, the reason why I like uh, Bregman is he has a really good average like if he's less than two eighty I'd be shocked I'm expecting two ninety plus if not over three hundred with a guy like Bregman and that's the one thing is like in later in drafts you can find twenty steal guys you can find twenty home run guys finding three hundred hitters does not happen. If you can get a couple 300 hitters early in your draft, it lets you do all kinds of things mm-hmm. later in your draft. And that's why I think Bregman's tremendous. And if you take a look at his BABIP, it fell, you know, 
from 311 to 289 last year. Nothing else really changed for him, and his batting average stayed. His bat, he got better in batting average. Think mm-hmm. of that. He went from a 284 in 2017 with a 311. He had a 286 in 2018 with a 289 Babbitt. So um, kind of makes me think there's a little bit more batting average there. And if you give me 295, 27, 26 homers, high 90s, you know, 90s, 90 with like seven to 10 rips, oh, sign me up. That's solid production. Yeah, I'm totally good with that. Let's uh, have some more fun with Bregman here. So he's like the third shortstop off the board. He's going to pick 12, but let's talk about guys he's going around. Um, are you a pitcher early guy? Because DeGrom's going right before him. Would you go DeGrom or Bregman? Uh, um, I'm pro- I'm probably going to take the hitter there. I think in the second round I could probably get another pitcher. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd go the hitter there, Bregman. We talked about Trey Turner already. You going Turner over Bregman, I'm assuming? I am, yeah. Um, we'll talk deeper on these players in a minute, but do you go Bregman over Javi Baez? Absolutely. Bregman over Machado. As of right now, yes. What's the deciding factor? Where Machado lands? I think so. And then again, I I don't know if he's going to run. I mean, he's going to get paid. Unless he signs a one-year deal, then I think I'm going to bump Machado up some more because a one-year deal with Manny Machado, 45 bombs, 20 rips, Ah, who knows? I mean, he could do what he want, kind of. But right now, I like what Bregman gives me overall. Uh, a lot of people have, you know, noted about people or players who have signed with their teams for the first year and how they kind of fall off, all that stuff. I think the speed might fall off. I, I'm he's never been one that you can count on for speed all the time, so that's scary for me. Okay, last one. What about his teammate Jose Altuve? I'll take Bregman. I think he has more home run potential. I agree. All right, let's talk about the fourth shortstop off the board. And I'm so glad it's the last podcast I have to talk about him. It's the third position he's eligible at. Going about pick 14 and a half. Javi Baez, we already mentioned like Trey Turner, you love him or you don't. Javi Baez, you really love him or you don't. Um, And like I've mentioned with others, it's not that I don't want to take him here. I just, not that I don't think he's a good ball player. I mean, I just don't want to take him right here. What's your thoughts on Javi Baez? I can't I can't pay this price on him. There's too many red flags for me. People point to a lot of things with a, a guy we'll talk about a little later in, in story about he didn't show it. Baez ain't really shown this before either. This is this is crazy. And when you go look at some of the things, it's not even I mean, he has a 10% barrel. I mean, that's not the greatest. That that jumped up for him, which is good. Twelve point, you know, what is that? Twelve point six launch angle. He had he had nine point two and eighteen. So twelve point six isn't really something that pops out at me. Mason's talked a lot about his O swing percentage. There's just so many red flags about his profile that doesn't scream he's a two ninety hitter. That he might not do this same thing again. That you shouldn't take him here. People are screaming about Mondesi like. Yeah, it's the same thing to me. They they should be kind of concerned with Baez if they're if they're concerned with Mondesi. Yeah, I agree. I'm not going to go too deep into this because I agree with everything you said. Uh, I've waxed maybe not poetically about him in two previous shows, but I just I can't believe the hit tool. He he's either going to be the unicorn to the rule 
or the rule is going to catch him and he's going to free grass quite a bit. Like, I still think he's a good ball player. Mm-hmm. If he was going like pick 30 to 35, I'd have much yeah. more of a discussion with this. Yep. But taking him at the end of round one compared to the end of round two or round three is a completely different animal to me. And that's why I find it very hard to take hobby bias. 100%. I mean, I just, it, it's the price and that's it. I love the talent. It's the price. It, and, and that's just, I'm going to be too low on him. I'll be out. I won't have any shares. Yep, that's exactly how I am. It'll be like a fluky league if someone decides I'm going to, you know, if half your league wants to take a run on starting pitchers and I get them, then whatever. But that's yep. just how it's going to happen. It'd be some weird scenario. All right, let's talk about Manny Machado. He's the fifth shortstop off the board. He's going at pick um, about 15 right behind Javi Baez. are going about one and the same right now. The dude's a beast. He's crushed it pretty much anywhere he's been between Baltimore, L.A., on the road, does not matter with Manny Machado. He's got 30 home runs pretty much on call, pretty good average. Yes, we're waiting on where he's landing, but what's your thoughts on Machado going into 19? I, he's very solid. Every time you, you think you don't want to buy in on him for some odd reason, he proves you wrong. Uh, I always kind of tout Nolan Arenado for being so consistent and how I thought it was crazy. People were taking J.D. Martinez over him. But when you take a look at like a guy like Manny Machado, 30 plus – 30, almost 35 home runs in four straight seasons, 35, 37, 33, 37. Uh, that's, that's power you can bank on. And there's not many guys you can say that with. Uh, I mean, and this is where I was saying 20 stolen bases, zero stolen bases, nine stolen bases, 14 stolen bases. Where are you getting, you know, and that's where I'm like, I, I put in 10 stolen bases, let's say, and just call it good. He'll, he has good plate discipline. He hits for average. He hits for power. He'll be in the heart of the lineup wherever he signs. So, you know, 180, 190 run plus RBI and is going to probably be a floor for him, I think. And I'm not really concerned with him at all. The only thing I'm concerned with is how much is he going to run? Everything else just looks perfect. You know, well, I'm not perfect, but not something I'm going to be upset with. You know, 18% line drive. 42% uh, fly ball, 16% home run. That could dictate, you know, that could change where he lands. But 39% hard hit over the last two years, I'll take that all day long. That's a fine spot for him. Yeah, I absolutely love Manny Machado. I'm, I'm really high on him, probably higher than others. I have him as my second shortstop off the board behind Lindor. Um, if you want the speed, I I can see going turning over Machado. That's fine. But overall, consistent production, I absolutely love Manny Machado. And if he gets me 10-plus steals, I think that's tremendous. I think he might have been hurt the year he got zero to have that kind of drop off uh, from 20 to zero. And then we saw it slowly climbing back. Um, yes, it'll depend on where he goes. If it's a team that likes to run or not is always up in the air. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm, I'm hoping he goes either to the White Sox or Philadelphia because those two ballparks will just – he's going to go to he, – he might go over 40 home runs this year if he gets one of those ballparks. So Easily. I absolutely love Manny Machado. I'm hoping it's a nice place. But he's one of those guys, like you said, consistency – even if he goes to a place like Petco Park, I am feeling okay with him hitting 30 home runs because he's that good of a ball player. Um, people forget LA is not a friendly ballpark to hit in, especially at night. So um, I, I got strong. no problem with him, Petco. Yeah, he's a he's, he's strong. strong and he's still very young. Mm-hmm. He's going to be 27 this year. Mm-hmm. It's like if people talk about your prime years, he's entering the prime years. So oh, yeah. I love me some Manny Machado. Um, that consistency there is, is really, really tempting to me. And that's why I kind of go Machado over Bregman for me. But it's like picking at straws with those two. You have a higher higher power 
power potential. Yeah, you do. And I think realistically, you could have the same amount of speed or even more with Manny Machado. So I could see why you take Machado over Bregman there just because you could have higher counting stats to a point. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just kind of where I am on them. But let's talk about the sixth guy. This guy's interesting because a couple years ago comes onto the scene. Awesome. Last year, just kind of, or two years ago, it's kind of disappears. Last year, burst back onto the scene. Trevor Story hitting in Coors Field half a season, six shortstop off the board, about pick 19. Uh, do we believe this is a, this is for real, or are we kind of hesitant on this price tag? What what do you doubt in him is my question. I'm believing it's real. Everything, even it's, the speed, uh, all of it? The speed, um, I, I, I'd say at least maybe not 27 steals, but I could see around 20. Uh, the batting average is high. 291 average is high for me. Um, put him down to like a 270, 275. Give me 35-plus homers and 20-plus steals, I think, is within reach, especially being in Colorado. That might be the ceiling. But, I, okay, let's say 30 to 35 homers, 18 to 25 steals, and a 275 average. 100%. I mean, I feel like that could be on the low end. I was looking story over yesterday because I've been really looking into like story versus Baez, kind of pulling my hair out that people have been taking Baez over story. And it feels like they're just so adamant at taking Baez over story. <laughs> that I just don't understand to a point. When I look at, at story, Dude has power. I mean, 27-97 games, that's the, about 24 and 145. He struggled so much, and I think people people always sit back and say, oh, sophomore slump, sophomore slump, that happens. Okay, what if – well, let's kind of add some of that in there because you take a look at some things just didn't look good for him there. But I like – he has elite speed. I don't think a lot of people realize how fast dude is. He's – 29.6 uh, foot foot uh, feet per second, and that's 16th in the MLB. That's fast. And people think of him more as a masher. And so, no, it's no, he could steal bases if he wants to slash if they let him. But I agree with you. 20 is probably where I'm targeting. He did 20 all the time in the minors, and I don't think a lot of people really look at that either. He barrels the ball up at a significantly high rate when it when it looks at it. People are jumping out of their seats for Baez because what he did. But like I uh, noted earlier, Baez was at you know a little over ten percent. Story's been over ten percent for barrels every year that he's been up. So he barrels the ball when he gets it. It's the swing and miss people were wondering about, and he finally got down to twenty five point six percent. That's so manageable in today's game. I don't know why people don't think it. It won't happen again. Um, swinging strike rate has went down. His O swing has went up. Sure, I could see you, you say that there, but his contact has has went up. He's at 77% contact, so that lets me feel like the batting average is a little higher. Um, you know, at least I can bank on it a little bit more, and I don't feel as scared about it. But I, I looked, and this was just kind of cool. Um, he was number one in average home run distance at 422. And he hit the the longest home run last year, I believe, at 505 feet. Yep. I believe that was off the Giants, if I remember correctly. That was fun. <laughs> and so I also think he might have a higher uh, – he, he has a potentially higher power upside. We see Nolan hit 40 home runs in Coors Field. I don't think – obviously there's – but 
story has power. If Luck runs on his side one year, he I mean, he could bang out 45 home runs and he could be a monster at 45-20 with that team. He'd still put up 100 runs and close to 100 ribbies. I mean, it, it's possible, it's doable and he could hit 285 doing it 290. That's a monster. I'm all about yeah. Trevor's story. I like it a lot. You look at his uh, sprint speed on StatCast, 97th percentile sprint speed. That's pretty ridiculous. 89th percent hard hit rate. Lots to like there, as you were talking about. Um, as much as you like Story, and I agree pretty much everything you said, um, do you have him going over Machado? I would take him over Machado myself. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I mean, I would. I, I like the speed. I think you can count on the speed more, personally. Do you take him over Bregman? Yeah. <sighs> that I just don't think I would ever take Trevor Story that high in a draft to a point. Um, we'll just say, say they both fell down to the same spot down around pick 19. I would probably take Bregman there. Okay. It's not a problem at all. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Yeah, story's going to be a fun one because I believe in the talent, like you said. It's just I wouldn't be surprised if somehow he just slipped on the banana peel again. And we saw just, you know. He could hit 275, 270, 265. Bregman, he's not going to hit that low. He just not at all. And the thing that got story big time in 17 was his swinging, you know, thirty almost 35% K rate. Yeah, that, that'll that'll ruin you pretty quick. So he improved on that again, like you said, like he, he had previously done. And uh, if he sticks to what he did last year, that kind of play discipline and whatnot, there's a lot to like there. So it'll be quite interesting to see how that plays out. All right, seventh shortstop off the board, pick 43. So we take quite the drop-off. Six of them go in the top 19. Now we've got some time till the next one. And what next one to have? Then Alberto Mondesi, everyone's sweetheart. He's already up to pick 50 now, basically, in drafts. Or no, 43. Um, where do you stand on Mondesi? I have him in a keeper league. He helped me win a championship. So honestly, I love him. Thank you. I love him. He'll be super cheap, but that's the only way I love him is because he's super cheap. I'm not paying this price for him. I, in this type of top 45 picks, three rounds, I want someone that has better plate discipline. I know the power speeds there. The defense will keep him on the field like everyone's alluded to, so I'm not – I mean, he'll have the he'll have the plate appearances. But then I also think, like, red flags – we saw this before. Uh, VR, like, we've seen this before. And even if he is the unicorn, i.e. Baez, maybe these two are the unicorn. Now all of a sudden we have two unicorns. Listen to how many freaking unicorns we have now. <laughs> And so for me, I'm just like, I'll probably let all of that pass at the price. It's just, God, I looked at his plate discipline, and it's some of the worst in the league. Yep. And he'll bot- he could bottom out to like 200. And if I don't like Joey Gallo because he hits 200, and he even gives me 40 home runs, which is much, much better than 40 steals in my opinion, I, I, don't, I can't do it. Yeah, he's terrifying. He's fun to watch, but he could be the next Billy Hamilton for all we know. Uh, his, yeah, I was his, never into his, Billy Hamilton either. His, his teammate right now. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he hit 278 last year. I think that's a figment of our imagination. The power is the biggest concern for me. Yes, the guy can run like crazy. I got no problem with that there. The power concerns me. Um, I won't be owning him because that price tag just does not work for me. Um, especially when he's going around, guys. Um, would you have? Would you take Vlad Guerrero Jr. or Alberto Mondesi? 
I'd probably take Vlad. Um, the I can bank on the the plate discipline. Yeah, it's fun because a few guys going before him. You have Reese Hoskins, Noah Syndergaard, Anthony Rendon, Vlad. Right behind him, you got Bellinger, Chris Davis, Bogarts, Corbin, Correa. So there's a lot of guys right around there I'd rather have than Mondesi. Does anybody there stand out like someone you'd take Mondesi over? Oh, no. Like every time I look where Mondesi's going, it's just I feel like I pump 7, 10, 12, 15, 30 people over him. You know what I'm saying? It's just yep. – I'm not – I'm almost never in on him ever. Well, let's talk about a guy I'd take over him. that goes right behind him in the draft right now. Eight shortstop off the board. He's picked 49. He's starting to become one of the more consistent shortstops at the position, just not to the level as some of those other ones. He's also going to be about 27 this year. Xander Bogarts continually puts up solid numbers. No problem taking him over Mondesi in my books. What do you think about Xander? I really like him. I actually would take him over a guy like Baez, too. Um, Mm -hmm. I just, the plate discipline, he's still young. He's playing on this offense. It's so amazing. Um, He has increased his power over the, you know, he had that 21 homer season back in 2016, and people are like, oh, it's a fluke. It didn't happen again. But he put up 23. He has a decent walk tool, 8%, 8 8.8, 9.5%. So when you take a look at that, that gives you a floor in OBP leagues of 350, 345. That's something there. When you take a, when you do take a look at guys like Mondesi, Baez, you know, not necessarily walking the most. And if you think, you know, you have your doubts about Trey Turner, you're getting a pretty solid, pretty solid bat here with Bogarts I feel like and then I mean he's 26 years old people forget that he's still very young I feel like and if he is coming into his power prime I mean he had 103 ribbies last year that's that's pretty awesome I like guys that can break either the 100 run mark 100 uh, RBI mark if we're going to be taking them in the first couple of two or three rounds I like guys that can do that and he provides you a nice Nice batting average floor. I mean, 273 in his four years. Um, and that's still pretty good considering today's baseball. And I think he's going to be more like a 280, 295 hitter or 285, 295 hitter, somewhere around there. Um, I, I like what he's doing. He hit the ball harder uh, ever, than ever before. You know, he sits there. The line drive percentage, 21.2. It's ticked up over, you know, the last couple of years, which is which is good. I like guys that can hit. 23-ish percent in line drive if I'm starting to really count on batting average just because I feel like you're starting to get to a good good area there if they're hitting the ball hard and a good amount of line drives. He's doing enough at with that AL East, I, I like guys who play in that division just because of the some of the hitter parks there. They can have some some really streaky months if they if they run hot, you know? And he has he has things trending in the right way, so I, I I really like taking him here. I took him in my NFPC when I was able to jump over some of the guys I I didn't really like or maybe I had some questions about. That's why I like shortstop this year is because it's so deep and you can do that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think Xander is just there's a lot to like there. You mentioned playing in Boston, the AL East, the consistency that he brings to the plate. You know, a two eighty five plus type average possibility, twenty plus home runs so on and so forth down the list. There's a lot to like there. He's not going to be taken out of the lineup, and the lineup is stacked around him. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a ton to like there about Xander. I like him a lot. Easily take him over Montessi for me. I would rather have him than Baez. I'm with you there. So a lot to like there with Xander indeed.
an interesting one going ninth right behind him at pick 50, a pick later, is Carlos Correa. Like everyone talks about Chris Bryant, that third base is the, the rebound candidate there. Do you think Carlos Correa, who is very well documented, had a messed up back, very bad back last year, do you think we get to see rebound Carlos Correa, the Carlos Correa that was going towards the end of the first round last year, or is this just, you know, are we just kind of over that kind of Carlos Correa? I don't think we'll see it personally. Um, I think we're kind of waiting for a little too much. and we're, We were paying a little too much last year for a repeat of kind of that breakout 2015 season. Not saying he's bad or, or any, but in 99 games, he went, what, 22 homers, 14 stolen bases. So people were kind of thinking like, oh, he has this extra gear to him. And he might, but bad backs scare me, man. Even for young guys, they really do scare me. And he hit 239 last year with a 282 Babbitt. Yes, you know, you add in the back injuries and you add in, you know, all of that. I'm a little scared. I would probably just pass on him unless he fell a little bit more for my liking, just because there's some other guys that I'd probably end up with a tad bit more that I feel are safer that I don't have to worry about. Yeah, with Correa, I'm just hoping I'm hoping he falls a little more for me because I want to take the chance on him. But mm-hmm. if I can get if I can get Xander right there, I'm taking Xander. Yeah, um, it, that's the conundrum I'm in with Carlos Correa because. He never really was as big a guy, I think, as people thought he was, kind of like you said, is he never really – people thought he was going to be more, and we've never seen it. Um, bad backs are no joke. Like you said, Kershaw is dealing with it. We've seen that. Heck, I deal with it all the time. People deal with them. That is an issue. Um, I'm really curious to see how he does this year. I'd like to take a chance on him, but it kind of depends on where he falls in my draft because where he's at right now, it's going to be hard for me to do. But um, I do think the 20-plus homers is there. Solid batting average, run production, RBIs, the works. The, the steals is a question mark for me because we saw, you know, Springer's not running as much anymore. Altuve obviously didn't because his knee was messed up. Bregman, 10 stolen bases, but with Correa, you want more than that. There's just a lot of questions involved with that Astros system as a whole. So it, it's going to be tough to take that leap. There were some other guys we're going to talk about in a little bit. Well, then you take a look, and I'm sitting here, and it says a max pick of 65 um, on NFBC. I think and I'm pretty sure that's since the first. That, to me, is, I mean, wow, 65. Like, you, you. that's the lowest you're going to get him. That's the, And see, that's where I'm just, I'm probably out at that point. I just, I can't do it. That's that's way too high. Yeah, it'll be myself. tough. It'll be yeah. tough. Uh, let's talk about the 10th shortstop off the board for the New York Yankees. Glaber Torres is going about pick 60 overall in the NFPC right now. Um, had a big – jumped on the scene with a lot of power, kind of slowed down towards the end of the season. He might play second, might play short, might play some third. He's going to be all over the place this year. What's your thoughts on Torres? I like him, actually. Um, I mean, the New York – but then again, like I said, AL East, it's a stacked lineup. He's going to play. I don't really think he's going to lose that bats. I'm not concerned about that. He put out 24 bombs, 123 games. That's good. The 25 25- – percent k rate at this you know being his first year i actually think that's pretty good in my opinion i it's one of his higher numbers even throughout the, you you pretty much think he's gonna do better as far as the k rate goes and walk percentage is 
8.7. He had double digits so many times in the minors. I don't know if he's going to get up to, you know, a 13%, you know, walk rate, but, you know, 10% is still easily doable. I don't know if you're going to see a huge jump next year, but I do think you could see a pretty nice repeat of a very similar line that he put up, you know, 24% line drive. Like I said, that's right in the wheelhouse of what I like. 42% fly ball, pull percentage 42%, 38% hard. All those numbers are right in line with what I want. I'll take a chance on him for sure. Yeah, uh, as he's fallen in drafts, I've become more accustomed to looking at him more. I'm still worried about – we never saw this power in the minors at all. And we've seen that a lot with these young guys now. They burst on the scene. Life is good. But, you know, if you could, if you combine his minor numbers, he had 25 home runs last year. In years previous, he had seven. He only played part of a year. But a full season in 16, he had 11. In 15, he had three. He had two in 14. Um, his home run to fly ball last year was 17.9. Never had anything close to that except low A for the Cubs. Not saying he can't do it. I just want to know where the heck that power came from all of a sudden. Um, as, it seems like as pitchers found, made adjustments with him last year, he started to struggle a bit more, which you expect with young hitters. That wasn't out of the norm at all. But um, still a good ball player. I'd probably take him over his teammate Miguel Andujar. But it's going to be curious to see how that all plays out with him. Maybe I'm not more reaching for him, short stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm not reaching for him. If he falls and I feel like I'm kind of nice there, I'll, I'll take a I'll take a flyer on him because I like what some of the underlying numbers say, but I'm not going to reach and go out of my way to grab him. Like, would you rather have Torres or Correa? I'd take a chance on Correa at that point. Would you rather have Torres or Gene Segura? I like Segura. I, I like him going over to Philly personally. What about Torres or Corey Seager? I'd say I'd go Torres there. I mean, I'd Seager still scares me. At least Correa, he played and you knew it was a bad back and you had something to kind of say. He still, you know, Seager still, we still kind of got to see him come back from this injury. People are just almost expecting him to come back and be fine. Yeah, definitely. All right, that wraps up the top 10 of the NFBC, 11 through 20. I've got a couple names written down we'll talk about here before we go to some sleeper picks. Uh, Gene Segura, you mentioned how much you like him. I love the move to Philadelphia. I'm with you mm-hmm. there. Um, he's going about pick 67 overall. How do you look at him when it comes to the shortstop landscape in fantasy baseball? Well, it kind of depends on what you think with him. When he was over in Arizona, he had that really big spike in power, and people really kind of want to think, is that coming back, is that real? I think there's a little there. Um, I expect a little bit more power to come back. I like the floor that he provides in stolen bases. The problem is maybe Philly doesn't run enough, and they might not need to run as much this year. But then again, they also have maybe a few more bodies that can run a little bit better. So I I really think Kapler might actually roll the dice and let these guys run. So I like I like the speed aspect. I'm thinking that's legit. I I'm counting on a pretty decent amount of speed. Maybe not 30 rips, but give me 20, 25 rips. I'll take it, you know. Um, well, no, no, not 25. I'll take about 20. I'll take that. The power, though, you could see a spike where he goes back, you know, 15, 16 homers there. Um, because he's a good hitter. When he was in Arizona, he had 20 homers, uh, 102 runs, 64 ribbies because he was lead off there. But hitter, except he doesn't strike out as much then. Um, a 304 average. I believe he's a 300 hitter. When you take a look at the last three years, 300, 304, 319. He'll stick there. 
And then, you know, the BABIP's fine. It, it's not really crazy. He has speed with good BABIP. He, ha- he uh, has a nice, you know, percent of line drives. Ground ball is a little high for my liking, but he's he's a little faster, so he can handle. I don't think you'll see a huge output of 20 homers, but you could see an uptick, and I kind of like him there. Solid speed, average floor, maybe some power upside. I like the team. I just like the situation. Yeah, I like it a lot, and that's what I was saying. You know, if you want to wait on somebody, you want to take someone safer early on, you know, three rounds later, you get a Gene Segura at shortstop. That could get you 15 homers and 20 to 25 stolen bases and hit you 280 to 290 plus and get you a lot of the counting stats you like. So I like Segura a lot. When this trade was made, I was very, very pumped on this situation. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot to like with him there. And, um, yeah, I think Kapler will definitely – he does his research. I think he'll realize let the man run. That would be mm-hmm. a smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. And would you would you be okay with with Segura as your starting first baseman? Yes. A, and that's kind of where I yeah. Or sorry, shortstop. That's kind of where I was at uh, earlier when I was saying like it's so deep. I, I could pass on some of these guys unless I really feel strongly about them. Yep, I have a hundred percent okay with Gene Segura as my starting shortstop. Not a problem at all. So yeah, if you do the math, that, that's beginning of the fifth round, middle of the mm-hmm. fifth round type pick. So. Mm-hmm. No problem with that at all. All right, let me ask you about a guy that I'll just flat out say I want nothing to do with this year. And if people want to take the chance, more power to them. But Corey Seager, 12 shortstop off the board, about pick 84 right now. So you are getting some value if if he returns to Corey Seager. Do you believe he returns to Corey Seager? Flip a coin, 50-50. Yeah, exactly. um, he, I, he can. But then again, it's kind of like Correa. I want him to fall back. Uh, and that's just, I'm not going to take it. I'm trying to compete in every single category. I'm not trying to lose ABs. I'm not trying to lose innings. I understand that's very difficult to do, but I'm shooting for the stars because if I get it right, I'm winning all the overalls. I'm winning. That's the thing. We want to win. And we want players that we can say are going to be on the field. I can't I can't say that about him. If, Like you said, if people want to jump on it, go for it. If he returns back to what he was, awesome. I would like him to fall a little bit because, I mean – Honestly, he's the, he's the cutoff for me of, of where I want my my starting shortstop. He's he's about the cutoff, and if I'm resorting to him or you know Peraza or some of these guys, I'm a little a little sad because there's so many good ones and I had to go that deep. But I don't I, I'm not I'm not rolling that dice. I, I lose a lot of coin flips. I, I feel like realistically it's fifty percent, but uh, no thanks. Like, would you rather have Corey Seager or Jonathan VR? <sighs> I'd, I'd take VR. Yeah, I'd take VR. I mean, I know he's he's on a crummy team, but he's going to run. He'll run. He's going to run a lot. Yeah. Um, Seager or Eddie Rosario? I'll take Rosario, yeah. Castellanos? I, I believe in him. He's been trending up. Like I, I think he's been sneaky. There's a lot of nice things underlying with him. I, I'll go Castellano, sir. Yep. Yep. There's just a ton. Of, like Jose Abreu, Yasiel Puig, Scooter Jeanette. There's a lot of guys. I just take over Seager right now. I just, I just can't. 100%. I can't do it. They're all going right after him. It's pretty, pretty interesting mm-hmm. to me. Um, another guy we're going to talk about here. You kind of mentioned him a second ago. He's your kind of cutoff area. He's interesting for the fact if he's hitting towards the top of the Reds order, Jose Peraza becomes a very intriguing option. He's going to run pick 95. He runs, 
But again, depends on where he's at in the, in the lineup. What's your thoughts on Peraza going into the season? So it was interesting. I was looking into him, and back in 18, he had, uh, or back in 17, he had 18 extra base hits. 2018, he had 49 extra base hits. That's a jump. And I mean, he went from five homers to 14 homers. Um, I like some of the things he did. I don't think he's an on base guy at all. He had 29 walks all last year, um, 20 the year before that. And then when you take a look, you're like, oh, he walked nine nine more times. So that's a that's a decent uptick. Not really. He had three more intentional walks. Um, so Petardi's 33% of his extra walks were just intentional. So don't buy into that. So he's not really gonna be an on. He's not going to be a walk machine for you, so that kind of scares me. Um, hard hit is really, really, really low. I like guys that hit the ball hard because at least you can – well, if he does something, he hits the ball hard. If you hit the ball hard, luck will be on your side, you feel like. When you hit the ball soft, if you hit it in the air soft, they're going to catch it. <laughs> uh, you know, if you hit the ball on the ground soft, they're going to catch it, throw you out. He doesn't provide elite speed, even though he has, you know – he's better than average by far when it comes to sprint speed and, and whatnot. So, but he's not going to give you 30 stolen bases. He'll give you 20, 23 stolen bases. I I think he could potentially repeat the, the power production, maybe not 14 homers, but like the 40 ish extra base hits because it doubles triples. He has some speed. I think he could provide value. I like what they did with the lineup. So I wouldn't be upset taking him as a middle infielder just because I like the the power speed combo, even the powers on the light side. Um, I I don't mind that, and I like what I like that lineup. I like the improvements they made there. So he could actually improve on some of the counting numbers there too. Yeah, he's a twenty steel guy. Get around pick one hundred. So he's definitely on my radar. Would I want him as my starting shortstop? I prefer not. If I had to start the season with him there, I could make it work. But uh, yeah, middle infield would be much more attractive like you're saying is something i'd much rather take a look at all right another shortstop coming off a big season last year um 16th or 15th off the board pick 130 tim anderson of the chicago white Sox. he burst onto the scene last year you, you weren't drafting him for batting average but you got 20 homers and 26 stolen bases do you think something close to that is a uh, do- doable again this year yeah, I think he's he's shown that he has some power speed with him, but you know what you're going to get, which is what a crummy average. So when you if you're targeting a guy like Tim, I mean, he's 25 too, man. He's incredibly young. These guys are so young in it's short a very top. young position, very young position. And it's so stacked though. Mm-hmm. I mean, so he went 17-15 last year. Uh, 2016, nine and 10 in 99 games. He has power speed. I mean, he didn't show it in the minors, but he's shown it in the bigs for over 1200 plate appearances now. So I kind of throw out the, the minor power production at that point, because I mean, if it does fall off, well, that kind of sucks, but he's done it in the bigs. Isn't that what you want to see? Um, he has power speed. I, I like the white Sox to a point just because I feel like they're going to go out and just swing for the fences almost this year and do I feel like they're a fun team for fantasy almost because some of their players are talented. Jose Abreu's a bounce back. Yon Mankata, I know we're off shortstop, but I just, I like their team for some reason. I like, for fantasy, I think you could see a little something there because they'll let him kind of play. They've shown that before. Power speed, he doesn't walk much. He strikes out a moderate clip. It's actually been trending down. 24.6 isn't terrible. Um, that He came in at 27%, so that's what we want to see. I I like it when you take a look at it. Um, I would I'd be looking at him just because. Well, I would want my 
I'd only get him if my batting average floor is to my standard because you know he's most likely going to sink it or start to sink it. So you want to make sure you got more average on, on your side there. Yeah, and that's that's the biggest takeaway is make sure you have average. Make sure you get a Bregman earlier or somebody else mm-hmm. to help you out. But Tim Anderson, he's one of my last picks in TGFBI last year. Obviously, won't be one of my last picks this year. But uh, I really enjoyed that the stolen base upside you can get there. Again, you, it just shows that if you don't want to gamble on stolen bases early, they're out there. It's nice to have that comfort zone early, but they're out there if you want to go get them. Right. And another guy to look at is Ahmed Rosario, the New York Mets. 16th off the board, pick 144. Uh, I remember playing him a lot in DFS towards the end of last year. He's 23 years old, and he's finally starting to get it going. Power hasn't completely shown up yet, but that speed showed up towards the end of last year. Um, what do you think about a Rosario? I, yeah, I was talking about him with a, a colleague earlier this offseason just because I didn't realize what he actually did towards you know the end of the year or that he actually started to come alive. I mean – it, nothing kind of pops off the screen when you take a look at him, but 24 rips at that, you know, that's that's a decent amount, almost 600 plate appearances. Uh, strikeout percentage is kind of a nice little thing you saw. Yeah, he had a small sample size when he came up, 50 games, but 28% down to 20%. That, that gives me something to have a little bit of hope about. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, 20% is nice there. That speed's nice. Um 21% line drive rate, so he upped that from 2017. You like what he's doing a little bit. He's not a bad middle infielder. I, I wouldn't mind taking a shot at him. Where is he going right now? What About what pick? He's about 136? 145 on the draft champion. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not bad at all. It's almost the uh, end of the ninth, ninth or tenth round right there. So. And I would I would take him over some of these other guys that I'm not necessarily 100% sold on. Um, he gives you plenty of plate appearances, too, and I think he has some nice little upside to him being so young, you know. He's going to play. So, Yeah, there, there is a lot to like there with him. You've seen the last three years, if you combine his minor league and major league numbers, he had 19 steals in 16, he had 26 and 17, he had 24 last year. So the speed's legit. Um, as that place dis- discipline improves, like you said, uh, 20% K rate last year, that was more online what he did throughout the minors um, last year. And 17 in the bigs was kind of a welcome to the big league rook moment, it looked like. So he's starting to figure out, I think he could take that next step this year. This could kind of be um, my last year's Tim Anderson. This could be on Medrazario this year. Uh, still not going as late as Tim was last year with someone to definitely keep an eye on. You know, and his plate discipline is, you know, it, it trended in the right direction in 2017. Some of the numbers are, you know, from 2017 to 2018, some of the numbers, though, I mean, still aren't great, but 41% O swing. It was 45% last year. So, hey, be happy about that, you know. Um, o swing contact went from 56% to 63%. So at least he started hitting some of the ones that were outside as well. He started hitting them more, even. Overall contact jump almost 10%. Swinging strike rate dropped from 18 to you know, 12.8%. Yes, it's still a tad bit high. So maybe you see, maybe you see the strikeouts maybe sit around 20, 21, 22%, but he could still make a nice little adjustment downwards and keep, you know, making those trendy moves and he could provide the same 10 homers, 20, 20 rips. And at that price, that's nice. Yeah, definitely. Uh, One last guy here, Garrett Hampson of the Colorado Rockies. 20th shortstop off the board, almost picked 210. 
I had to ask you because everyone's asking about this guy in general, but technically doesn't have a starting job. Technically might be starting the year in the minor leagues. Uh, most of the projection sites have him playing 60 to 70 games this year. So, you know, to me, that's kind of early to take a guy like that. But what's your thoughts on Garrett Hampson? I know I jumped on him last year on, on the fab when he came up because he's a bad and average guy. Actually, roster resource has him starting at second base now. Um, he's a bad and average guy with a lot of speed, but uh, not a lot else in the power department. What's your thoughts on Hampson? I like him. Um, I'm a little bit of a Colorado homer to a point on some of the hitters just because, you know, I'm here in Colorado and I get to watch them all the time. The ballpark's amazing. I was a little worried when they signed Daniel Murphy. They were back to their old antics, and it was just they were going to block everybody they could. Um, So when he took over first base, I was actually pretty pumped because I was like, thank you, let Hampson come up and play. And I think he's just going to provide you what you think. I mean, he's going to be able to get you some speed, and he's going to get you some runs out there, and he's going to give you a nice little average. I'm not too worried about the pop because if I'm looking for some of these middle infielders here, I, I should have had my pop somewhere else. I got my home runs earlier in the draft somewhere. So this is where I'm looking for some of the 10, 20 guys, or maybe even the lower guys, 525 guys, if I need to. But if they give me some of the, the better counting stats as well with that, I'll be fine with that because my home runs should be taken care of. Well, not taken care of. I should have a decent start to home runs with my first few picks because I, I like power. But I really like him on this team in that scenario. Yeah, he's a good little player, so I'm curious to see how it all plays out with him. I don't, I don't dislike him. If he sits there, I might go grab him. But like, yeah. do you take do you take Paul DeYoung over him, or do you take Garrett Hampson? I'll, I'll take DeYoung. I like power. <laughs> yeah. What about Chris Taylor for the Dodgers? Mm, I, I'll take Hampson. I, I I think if he sticks in that role, I like the speed the speed potential that he really gives you there. Okay, give me. Let's do as we get towards the end of the podcast here. Give me. Uh, after pick after Hampson at 20, give me like three guys you're looking at kind of later around shortstop middle infield options. Uh, one guy I was looking at for sure was Lords Griel Jr. Um, mm-hmm. I, man, I really like what he was doing. There was some really nice things on him. So just looking at, at some of the things, uh, he had 45.1% hard hit. Uh, that was 36th in the league. That's 95 mile an hour or, or harder. That's the same as Bryce Harper, more than Rendon, more than Carpenter. Trout was at 46.2%. So, I mean, he's hitting the ball hard when he hits it. Um, right now on roster resource, they have him at the number two spot. So he's actually in line for some some plate appearances. Uh, I'll take it. He had 90, 90.3 miles an hour on his exit velo. That's the same as Gary Sanchez, Snow, better than Lindor. Um his barrels per plate appearance, you know, 5.7% higher than, you know, Bregman, Marte, and Hicks. So when you look at some of the people he's around and getting him at potentially pick 216, uh, two, 217, somewhere down there in the two, or when where he's at 211, I think somewhere around there. I'm all about that. I mean, I got hit, I got one share of him already. I was a little nervous <clears throat> when they signed Galvis. But then again, I just kind of feel like let the let the talent play out there because he, he should be able to take it, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I am all over Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Like, that's a big, big play of mine. He was on a tear until he got hurt towards the end of last year. He was crushing everything, uh, getting on base, like over 20 straight games and stuff. This kid is good. He's really, really good. So I'm with you there. I will gladly have – like, I'm not saying I want to, but I'm close to being, you know what, if I just screwed up and missed shortstop, I'll roll the dice with him at shortstop if I have to. I, I have no problem with him. Uh, give me another guy. 
Um, you talked about Paul DeYoung. I don't know if he's after Garrett Hampson, but I would definitely take him. Um, I, I think he's he's really good. I, I I would definitely like to go after him. I mean, let's see what he had here. I, I like what he had for line drive percentage, 24%. Um, his O swing has been trending downwards, and that's what we want to see is just guys that are making adjustments at the plate. We want to see guys that are consciously doing things. Uh, he barreled 9.2%, 9.1% the last couple of years. So you're talking about a good barrel rate there. Uh, his exit velo jumped up. Um, overall, he hit the ball harder, uh, struck out less, walked more. How do you how do you not like that? He's gonna be very good defensively, so he should get a lot of he should get a lot of um, play. And the only problem I have with him is is he kind of sucks against lefties. Uh, that was, you know, a downside. But then again, I, if you're going to be bad against one side, be bad against lefties. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I got no problem with DeYoung. Another guy for me be Jorge Polanco. Uh, I really like him in Minnesota. Uh, you got double-digit home run, double-digit stolen bases, possibilities, maybe 15-15 with a respectable average. He's going to score your runs and RBIs that late in the draft. I think there's a ton to like there. People are kind of sleeping on him because he missed uh, the start of the season because of a PED suspension last year. And then he came on big. Uh, he's going around pick 215 right now. A couple of picks before Burriel. So I like Polanco quite a bit. And uh, his, his, he's actually rising. His lowest draft pick was 309, highest okay. one, highest 159. So he's he's climbing up, but uh, he's one I definitely like as well. Give me one one more you're looking at down here. Honestly, dude, I'm, I'm still eyeing guys like Didi Gregorius. I, I don't think you should forget about him. Um, I'm still looking at even Troy Tulowitzki, dude. Like, if we're talking like super late, we're potentially trying to knock it out of the park. I, I looked and they had Tulo projected. I want to say, uh, yeah, let me see right here for 73 games with 12 homers, and that's still gonna be good for a 99 WRC plus. Is what I'm looking at here. That's an average hitter in 73 games. Do I think he'll do that? Probably not. But if it gets low enough, I might roll the dice on him. Um, Didi Gregorius, all he does is pull the ball and he hits 25 home runs a year doing it. The power's legit. He'll keep doing it. Uh, that's what he does in Yankee Stadium. When he comes back, I believe he should probably be close to the same hitter. And I I would love potentially to pair – like. Maybe get one of those guys you're somewhat uh, not 100% confident on and then maybe back it up with a DD later or get, you know, one of the middle middle tier shortstops here if if you happen just to get that part of the draft and then back it up with DD because then you might be able to, to pair a nice, a really good player on the whole year that way. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. DD's a, a top of the end type pick if he's healthy. So no problem with that at all. If you got the room to stash him, go for it. Um. Yeah, there's a light down there. Guys like Kiki Hernandez could take that next mm-hmm. step and give you another 20 plus home run season. Um, I always love his Drupal Cabrera for his flexibility and consistency. Got to see where Marvin you know Gonzalez what you're getting signs with him. Yeah, year in and year out. Uh, Marvin Gonzalez, Anderson Simmons. There's a ton to like down here for you're not flashy like Marcus Simeon. We even talk about. There's so many guys down here for like middle infield options mm-hmm. that you you can really make some some magic happen. And then you got a guy like Scott Kingery. I mean, he could play all over the place this year. He has he's he's loaded with talent. You never know what he's getting. And if he falls a decent amount, take a flyer on him, man, because at that point you're probably you're not counting for much and he's gonna play and you could get a decent chunk from him. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, Bruce, that'll wrap us up. Nice deep dive into the shortstop position. Why don't you let everybody know where they can find you and what you got coming on? 
Right on. Um, thank you for having me on, man. I appreciate it so much. No uh, you can find me at thescorecrow.com. I'll be putting out some MLB stuff there. We have a pod coming up there. Uh, I'll be, I got some articles in the fantasy benefit, our draft guy that came out at friends with fantasy benefits. Um, it's loaded with information. I, I tell everyone they need to go get it and I'll uh, be starting up my own pod here uh, later this year. Um, I really love talking sports. So this is going to be something where I start having some guests on. We start doing some, some really deep dives in start, you know, kind of getting into their expertise some some cool stuff. So a lot of, a lot of stuff coming on the way and you can find me at Bruce Cagle jr. Two on Twitter. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate everybody. Go check him out. Go check out the score, the scorecrow.com. A lot of good stuff they got going on over there. Bruce, thanks for joining me. We'll definitely do this again sometime. Thank you, man. All right, everybody. This is Bench with Bubba, episode 142, previewing the shortstop position with Bruce Cagle. Catch you guys later.